Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care and the PAC Annual Conference. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with Tipa Snow. And Tipa, I, I have a little bit of Scottish blood in me and we're known for being rather frugal. So in today's economy, is it worth investing in training for a facility or even for yourself if you're working in dementia care? Mm. I would say... Absolutely, because without that investment, you're going to waste a lot of resources, time, money, and even your own well-being um, in doing things that you don't know how to do in a way that rarely is going to work well until you are provided with the resource that's going to allow you to do what it is that works better. Well, I'll, I'll give you one for instance that I, I remember from a few years back. There was a, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name or even the facility, but she was from the Canadian Prairies and she had attended one of your sessions in person and they said they had reduced the incidence of uh, aggression, as she called it, by about 30% just by using some of the very basic skills that she took home with her. Yeah. And so for me, that's like, wow, that's, I mean, I'm really glad that happened. And at the same time, I'm really devastated that that amount of lack of awareness and knowledge is so prevalent in care communities, care facilities, that places where family members think they're they're placing or helping their person stay will have the skill that they don't have, which is why they invest in this housing and in this care, only to find that Coming to a one-day program that I deliver uh, in Canada totally changed how care was being offered 30% of the time. That's a pretty significant amount of difference for a one-day training, in my mind. That speaks to the lack of preparation for people in those communities to deliver that care without this preparation. Now, I, I think one of the terms that uh, was used was, uh, what is it, visual, verbal, and touch. Now, why, why does it go in that order? Yeah, so it turns out human beings have a variety of ways to take in data. Um, there's a part of your brain called the occipital lobe, which is toward the back. And yet your eyes are in the front. So your eyes take in a lot of data. And if you are at all awake, aware and awake, your eyes are taking in data. And even when you're asleep, your eyes are still processing data. If you've ever watched a rapid eye movement, you're, you're very familiar with the eyes darting around inside your head, seeing things that they can't even see. It's one of those systems that seems to be an alert system, an aware system. And so it's one of those early whoa, what's that kind of system? So when we are going to do something with someone living with dementia or with anyone really, if they can see us, that gives them advance warning that we're gonna be coming toward them, greeting them, showing them something, asking them to do something. We allow them to see us at a safe distance and we then take in the information. Are they okay with that? Even with if I'm with them, if I point to a cup and say something to drink, that works a little bit better than if I just had, 
if their ability to comprehend language is impaired. So what I did is slur my consonants because the second thing that we want to tune into is auditory processing, which if you put your hands to your temples right above your ears, you'll get that space, those lobes that are involved in auditory processing, the temporal lobes. And that's the second area we really want to make sure is tuned in. So when I say, uh, you might have noticed I asked a question. Greg, could you make out what I said? Well, I, I heard the question mark, but I didn't hear the question. Yeah. Well, I, again, I heard your question mark. And you heard that. And, and without thinking, you might say, okay, but you might not have actually gotten the message. If I start with a coffee mug in my hand and I get where you can see the coffee mug and I had, then when I'm holding the coffee mug where you can see it, and then I ask that question, what do you think your brain would do then? Well, I think then I could connect the dots fairly easily. I can hear the question. I can see you with the coffee cup. I'm going to get that one, I think. Yeah. And you might even say to me, you want to know if I want coffee? Well, I can't understand you, but yeah, I'll take some coffee. What does that mean if that's what you're saying? Did I get some good data? No. What do you think? No. <laughs> I did pretty good. I showed you the cup. I, I offered you, do you like that? And you said, are you asking me if I want coffee? Yeah, I want coffee. I said, then I give you a thumbs up. And I said, well, I give you a come along I said, well, come on, let's go get some. What do you think you might do? Oh, I'd probably follow. You probably would. And so you'd start to stand up. That's when I could offer my hand and support. And that's when we get the touch. As opposed to me walking up and say, Greg, do you want some coffee? And you going, huh? And I go, tell you what, let me help you get up. We'll go get you some coffee. But if you're not comprehending what I'm saying, then when I lay my hands on you to get you up, what I might find is your, and I love this phrase, resistive to care. So when we say visual verbal touch, we're talking about, we wanna order our cues in the order that the brain likes to get data. I wanna see something, then I wanna hear about it, I wanna make sure I get it, and then I'm willing to do something or have you do something. And so we use that as a guide for making sure we're getting permission for what we're doing and making sure the person's getting what we're trying to get across before we try to do things. And that's just a core principle of ours. So if, if I'm wandering away or into an area where I shouldn't be and you come up behind me and grab me by the shoulder, it's probably not going to be a good end result? I would be... I, I personally, my, I, I, you hear me sort of being like the fish on the line going, oh, oh, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. Ooh. And so I might actually go, oh, hey, John, see if I can get your attention as the helper away from the person that you're going to touch. Because, you know, if I'm quick enough, maybe I can save you a lot of grief because I need you to look at me. And I'm going to use verbal information because I'm having a hard time getting your visual. But if I use my voice well, maybe I can compensate. Because if you put your hands on the person in front of you and they're not expecting that, 
we might have an emergency reaction on their part or what we call a threat reaction, which can be strong and powerful. And they might feel like you're attacking them from the back and they might try to take you out. And so ooh, I may, as a helper, sort of recognize the danger zone you've entered, but if you're not trained and you're just trying to keep them out of trouble, you may not realize, well, that's one trouble they may not be in, but we've got a whole new bucket of trouble that's potentially brewing. Tipa, can I learn these things through a podcast or through a, a Zoom meeting with, uh, sorry, I keep saying podcast, and I mean uh, uh, Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. uh, can I learn this at a facility? Like how many staff members would I need to sort of engage in this to have any impact? Yeah. So, you know, we believe in the importance of changing one mind at a time and that if we can get one mind on board, then suddenly that mind is suddenly on board and then that mind starts to influence other minds. So, you know, it took this one woman um, from a community to go back and go, oh, 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 I have this new thing. What we do offer is we offer a variety of ways of trying to help gather this information for someone. We have champion courses, we have webinars, we have podcasts, we have Zoom meetings, we have mentors who can work with folks, we have consults, because each situation is somewhat unique. What we do know, however, is that when we're talking about uh, a residential facility or community or organization, that in order for this to become more than just a one person brigade or a little group of people trying to do something, you have to get about 75% of your doer bees and your leadership group on board with trying this thing and using this thing and reinforcing this thing for there to actually be a culture change and it becomes just what we do. We don't think about it anymore. We don't have to work on it anymore. It just becomes a skill set, an expectation, and a way that we engage and interact with people. Um, and frequently, not just for people living with dementia. People find it spills over into their home lives. It spills over into their professional lives. They find that, oh, this works with people with psychiatric illnesses. This can work with somebody who has autism because the strategies that we're talking about are healthy strategies for engaging another human being or an animal <laughs> in, 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 in an engagement, frankly. Tipa, if, if somebody wants information on how to uh, set some training up, is there somebody they can talk to directly? Because I, it's, it's just so much easier for me to be able to pick up the phone or, or have a, a Zoom meeting and say, hey, we're interested. Yeah. So if you're an organization, we we have that. I mean, so if you or check out our organization information, you can just get up with us, frankly, and we'll sort out where the best place for you to go. If you're a family, it would be different. If you're an individual, we have, you know, we have people who who basically talk to folks and let them know, yeah, here's what might make sense for you. Here's what might make sense in this situation. So info at tipasnow.com, consult at tipasnow.com, our 800 number our live chat, or you can, if you're an explorer, go on our website and see what best option suits you, if that's your preference, if you like to explore on your own. Tifa, thank you very much. Greg, thank you.
Today's podcast is brought to you by the PAC 2022 Annual Conference. PAC promotes function, use it or lose it, November 13th to 15th in North Carolina. You can attend virtually or in person to learn practical care skills that work. For more information, click on events, then PAC Conference at our homepage at tipasnow.com.